The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Welcome. We are in a moment of extreme change where there is an opportunity for us to really balance the energies of masculine and feminine, to truly understand what the new divine feminine is asking of each one of us, regardless of whether we are male or female. We are at a time now where it takes the, the time to look within us and to see what aspects of us have been calling and where we really need to dive in to discover the stories and the mythologies, the archetypes and the astrological aspects that are very much buried inside the universe that is within us, that is much grander than the universe outside of us. My guest today is Megan John, and she is an initiate of the Sophian lineage and founder and leading guide of the Gnostic Grace Circle. She's an award-winning author, spiritual mentor, and retreat presenter, and her work helps to raise the feminine consciousness and confidence in our world. She is the author of Meditations with Teresa of Avila, A Journey into the Sacred, which won the Ashton Wiley New Zealand Book Council Award for the best book and author in 2006. She's also written Sacred Companion, Sacred Community, Reflections with Claire of Assisi. And we are going to be discussing her latest book that released in August, which is entitled The New Divine Feminine. Experience an evolutionary journey with this particular book to embrace the light and dark of archetypal stages of womanhood. Bringing forward the Gnostic and mystical teachings, Megan shows you how to work with the seven faces of the divine feminine the light and dark aspects of the daughter, mother, and crone, as well as the enlightened being of one's true nature. Using reflections, prayers, meditations, and ancient chants, the new divine feminine helps you feel your spirit, find liberation, and trust in your inner soul voice and vision. No matter your spiritual beliefs, you can access each divine faith and gain empowerment from this guy's exploration of powerful, sacred women, including Mary Magdalene, Lilith, the Black Madonna, and Teresa of Avila. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Megan John to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome, Megan. Thank you so much, Simran. It's wonderful to be with you today. The book deeply touched my soul, and it felt like a very integrative experience as well with the incorporation of the meditations and the chants and the stories and the deep meaning of so much of what, whether it was scripture or what these different female archetypes and women represented. I want to start off by asking you the question about this path that we each take from daughter to mother to crone to woman of light. 
it is a path that we each will undergo. Is it something that we must undertake? Is it something that is the natural evolutionary impulse for us to do? Or is it something that happens despite our willingness pushing against or our consciousness? <laughs> well, I think it's a, I think it's a little of both, really. Um, you know, the willingness and desire to enter into our uh, true feminine nature will naturally propel us on this journey. Um, and I think important to stay, say here right at the beginning that even though we're looking at uh, daughter, mother, grandmother, or crone, um, these are not necessarily linear uh, phases or stages, and they're not chronological. So, for instance, just because you're 70 does not mean you're necessarily entering into the grandmother or crone wisdom, or just because you're 25 does not mean you cannot enter into that. So rather than chronological stages, I see them as states of consciousness um, that each one of us will encounter, sometimes whether we're ready or not. Um, now, of course, we can always cultivate uh, these different faces within us, and I think this is important for the feminine, that we are very multifaceted, multidimensional. There's not just simply the one nature per se, but in encountering and embodying each of these, we do enter into our pure radiant awareness. So I think it's a, it's a matter of cultivation on our part and the, the willingness to enter into all of who we are. Um, and I do know that there are times where we're just going to be jettisoned, <laughs> you know, as they say, sometimes randomly into these things. And sometimes that can be a little disturbing because we don't really know what's going on. So in this way, I feel the book can be a wonderful guide for both, for both who have been ra randomly sent into territory they don't know, and for those who are uh, consciously cultivating the deep feminine um, landscape within their being. What I received as I moved through the book is as, as we traverse the many different types of experiences that come into our lives, that by knowing these various aspects and understanding that the mother, the daughter, the crone, they all have various aspects of light to dark, that we can draw upon them and, and bring forward those aspects through us to inspire us into stillness or inspire us into action, whatever is being called for in that moment. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, for instance, uh, the daughter of light, um, you know, she is the one who brings forth the energy of exuberance, of vitality, of life force. Um, you know, she's the one who has much lightness in her being. Um, so she's not uh, being drawn down into heaviness. She's not being bound by societal expectation. Um, she's free to roam in her own soul, free to, to dream, free to uh, bring forward new ideas. Um, and, and she won't let 
people or culture or uh, religious or spiritual paradigms um, make her conform. So I always say to people, you know, if you're feeling a heaviness in your soul, in your body, if life is becoming a little bit of a chore and a drudgery, you really need to start interacting with this daughter of light because she will help bring that essential life force back to you and and enable you to once more, you know, dream into who you are and who you are becoming. Yes, from your book, The New Divine Feminine, Spiritual Evolution for a Woman's Soul, you write about the daughter of light and saying it is not uncommon for her vision to change and she does not have a problem with this as she is busy moving with the cults of life. It is we who find the change problematical, which we often label as unstable. Let us follow the daughter back into our bodies where we can join mind, body, and soul in divine communion through our dance, our lovemaking, our song, and our gardens. The physical needs your soul to honor her too. There's a great deal of discussion within the book about embodiment and how important that is and why we have come into this earthly experience for the embodiment to truly ground and be the rich spiritual experience. Speak to that, Megan. Yes. Well, I think this is important. You know, I think we are seeing a great movement in in all traditions in spirituality of of this term embodiment. And it is something that I'm like, well, okay, you know, how we go in our... In spirituality, you know, there are certain buzzwords that can be easily thrown around, you know. Uh, so it is like, so what exactly is this embodiment? Um, I know we can talk about, okay, there's a lot of bringing our spirituality onto the streets, you know, through so- social justice, um, environmental action, and so forth. And this is certainly one aspect where we, where we are all individually called each in our own way. Um, I also bring forward another sense of like, you know, Jung I think really, really counted this, where he said, humanity often does the pendulum swing. So, you know, it's always we swing one way and then we swing the other way and then finally or hopefully we come into some balance. So in this way, in in relation to embodiment, I see that we've had a lot of emphasis, you know, on spiritual practice, on spiritual meditation, um, uh, sometimes entering into spiritual bypass uh, and not dealing with the deeper uh, essence of deep feeling, um, deep notion of soul, of the earth, the ground of our being. So I see a, a swing back to this earthly realm and this earthly way. However, I think it's important that, yes, embodiment is about bringing our spirituality into the reality of our earthly living. However, we must be really careful not just to stop there and then let go of sort of all the spiritual capacity and evolution. So I also understand embodiment as bringing the earthly body and the cosmic light body into one. And, and the Gospel of Thomas actually, you know, speaks beautifully about this. 
um, and, and one of the, I think, most enigmatic um, uh, phrases in this is where it is spoken, if the flesh, if the body came into being because of spirit, it is a marvel. But if spirit came into being because of the body, it is a marvel of marvels. So this to me is, is just a great, beautiful mystery that I think we're being called to live into of how do we bring this cosmic body, this light body of who we are into this earthly body of who we are. And I do talk about some examples where I have experienced the merging of these two, which, which really brings a greater lightness into the density of the physical, where it opens into a much greater wholeness. It really takes us into a much greater magical world of who we are, um, so in this way, I think embodiment, we can reach very, very far into both regions, cosmic and earth. So often individuals will either take spirituality and take it up out into the ethers, mm-hmm. or it will be something that is brought so deeply into the emotions that you become buried in the processing rather than the actual mm-hmm. transcendence of of actual experience once you've known the experience. What I liked about your book was the integration of the prayer and the chanting and meditation. Mm. And it seems to me that practice, there's a step beyond just practice where mm. it becomes the, the, the beauty of becoming one with the chant becoming one with the prayer, becoming one with the meditation that bridges both that etheric escape as well as that earthly escape that we tend to find at the two ends of the polarity. How do you feel? Oh, absolutely. You spoke that beautifully, Simran. Um, and, and that is exactly the work, a lot of work that I do in my retreats and workshops is to invite people to experience that. And yes, for me particularly, and I, I do find for, for many, especially in our world with uh, busy minds, that the chant and the prayer, the dance, um, are very good avenues that we can really fall out of the mind and into both this cosmic body and earthly body, where the two can uh, mingle and become as one. Um, and I think um, that we do need to allow ourselves to be transported and fully present at the same time. So, and this, I think, it just requires a deep, uh, sense of commitment, um, you know, a deep sense of, of really desiring, and, and I'm talking here of a sacred desire to truly know this cosmic and earthly nature coming together. Um, is sometimes I've had it happen just randomly, and then I think again we come back to, oh, and I can cultivate it, and I can desire it, and I can enter into this with the intention of opening to this. 
Um, and I think that this is really the future of the new humanity. And in that, Megan, there's a great deal of receptivity that needs to be cultivated. Mm. So many of us, particularly women, have forgotten how to receive and have forgotten that that is an essential part of this process. Uh, in, in just about a minute, because we're about to go to break, can you talk mm. a little bit about receiving? Yes. Well, I, I mean, I think that, as you say, we've, we don't know how to receive. So I think really coming into the softness of our heart opening that heart and simply saying, I am here, I'm willing to receive, show me how to receive. <laughs> you know, if you're having a problem receiving, ask to be shown how to <laughs> and simply sit in the openness, the spaciousness, give spaciousness. I think that's the big receptacle <laughs> that we can enter into. Beautiful. The ground receives the seed lovingly, opening to nurture, feed, protect, and provide all that is required for its growth. And so, too, we must become that very ground of being in order for the seed of our soul to receive all that it needs. This ground of being takes time to cultivate. It requires spaciousness and the willingness to let go of the identity and the roles we play in the world, along with all the accompanying thoughts and beliefs. Entering into and opening to our inherent spacious soul daily allows a natural liberation of our manifold self-identifications to occur. And it is then that we truly rest in the sacredness and come to know our ground of being. This is from Megan Dawn's book, The New Divine Feminine, Spiritual Evolution for a Woman's Soul. Using reflections, prayers, meditations, and ancient chants, the New Divine Feminine helps you heal your spirit, find liberation, and learn to trust your soul voice and vision. You can find out more about Megan Dawn and her other books and work at GnosticGrace.com. That's G-N-O-S-T-I-C-G-R-A-C-E.com. While you're there, you can find out about an event this Thursday in Mercy by the Sea in Connecticut. Also in December, there's an event at Genesis Spirituality Center in Maryland and an upcoming event at the Sophia Institute in Charleston, South Carolina. Again, that's GnosticGrace.com, and my guest is Megan Dawn. We'll be right back after these messages. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. 1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts and topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine, Order now at www.1111mag.com, 1111mag.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. We must let our tears flow freely, whether they are tears of joy, sorrow, pain, or deep empathy and compassion. Some of these tears reside deep in the belly of our womb, and others are in the heart. But if we continue to contain them, our desire, our seed, shrivels and has no fertile place to grow. In fact, our tears become the very fertile moisture needed for our growth. Let us look at joy. Do we enjoy our spiritual life, or are we bound in the world of should and have to? Are we finding ourselves in places and situations where our innate joy and being is feeling inhibited or restrained? Are we holding ourselves in? This is more a psychological phenomenon where there is a breaking of the old imposed restrictions. In the experience of Megan Don, working with many souls, there are very few who know true spiritual joy. She opens the space for retreats and her books, in addition to guiding and ushering individuals through meditation, chanting, and the proper use of prayer. You can find out more about Megan Dawn at GnosticGrace.com. And I want to make a correction about the upcoming events. She has three events upcoming. There is Mercy by the Sea in Connecticut this Thursday. December 9th through 11th is Genesis Spiritual Center in Massachusetts. And also upcoming is the Sophia Institute in Charleston, South Carolina. Megan, welcome back. You talked about about the Daughter of Light, and then you also go into the Daughter of Darkness. And one piece I found particularly intriguing was the story that you told about Eve and Lilith and the feelings that came to play into uh, how, how Lilith experienced and how Eve experienced and how they each needed each other and each needed to see one another. This takes me into the experience of women today and how there is a presence in many places of jealousy or of gossip or of of division between women instead of the support. And it made me think about the story you were telling between Lilith and Eve. If we were to do our own inner work and we were to bridge the Lilith and the Eve within us, would that then on an external level, help us heal our relationships with women and help us learn to trust other women in a greater way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the Lilith and, and Eve story, I think, too, has, has been much maligned, much misunderstood, um, and has left us with a very uh, submissive understanding of Eve, uh, left us with, you know, Eve, the one who <clears throat> got us all into trouble, you know, actually caused the fall of humanity by eating that apple. Um, and really, Eve was the one who, who really opened the consciousness for humanity. Um, and it was Lilith, who we can understand to be the snake in the Garden of Eden, who supposedly tempted Eve, but in fact she was actually giving Eve the seed and the opening for for humanity. So in the in the proper telling of this story of Adam and Eve and and Lilith as the snake, they were actually working together. 
but in how it's being told with Lilith and the snake and the darkness of the feminine sort of being made into, you know, vilified and uh, given a, a an, an evil, almost evil, uh, fearful connection. And then Eve given the submissive uh, connection and doing something wrong. We're left with a split in our own being between our dark and light face. And we're left with the negative interpretation of it. Um, and so what happens is that that darkness then is taken on, and I mean the darkness in this way as the shadow. And um, we don't trust our own being. You see, with Eve taking that bite of the apple, we lost trust in our own voice, in our own inner intuition. It was Eve's inner intuition that said, ah, yes, I do see that this apple is of great goodness and great wisdom, and it will bring humanity into its evolutionary journey. But because we've been taught that, you know, it was wrong for what she did, we've also come to mistrust our own inner sense of our own voice within, our own vision, our own desire. Um, Therefore, if we are mistrusting our own, we are also mistrusting others, and we cannot come into our own and natural rightful place in this world, our own and natural and rightful power of who we are in this world, And when we cannot do that, then we are envious and jealous of anyone who looks like they may be even slightly approaching (laughs) some kind of rightful place. And, uh, you know, so this whole myth to me just, you know, holds so, so much. Um, And once we can come and trust our own being, then, then we can take our place in this world and we can gently take our place and say, yes, this is who I am and this is what I am here to bring and to offer the world. And then you can look at somebody next to you and you go, oh, isn't that wonderful? You're here to bring that. So instead of it being a jealous, oh, you're, you're just, you know, you're better than me, you've got more books out than me, you know, you've got more workshops going on than me, or your work is better, it becomes, oh, you know, that's, you find joy in, in them moving forward because you also are moving forward. You have a very powerful passage that I want my listeners to really understand the depth and quality of this book, so I'm going to read this short, short section. As we engage with our daughter of light, we also encounter the daughter of the dark. She is our guide into the darkness and into the brilliance of light that stands within and behind this dark, the brilliance of light that lives within us. She is our ally, our protectress, and our liberator. Fear her not and do not shun her. She comes to liberate. Both Lilith and Eve have been living in the darkness, with the truth of their nature obscured. Thus we now seek 
both of them in the exiled wilderness. This is from the New Divine Feminine, Spiritual Evolution for a Woman's Soul by Megan Dawn. You also talk very much about Adam, and there was a question that you posed in the book where you said, are we willing to see the Adam and the Eve within us? And that's a very profound question as well, because many times, both men and women Men are not taught to look for the Eve or the feminine inside of themselves, and women are not taught to really discern and contemplate the masculine or the the the, the Adam within them. Talk mm-hmm. about those different aspects of us and, and what recognizing the Adam of us would really mean in today's society, especially as we look at the political environment and the masculization of so many women in the world at this time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I think first of all, I'll, I'll begin with just a, a little story about um, Adam and his response uh, to Lilith. In, in what there's, you know, two creation stories actually in the in the Bible and scriptures, and one of them speaks about that the male and female were created equal and at the same time. And um, even though it doesn't speak of it there, it is known in the more esoteric uh, um, understanding of these scriptures that this original woman who was created equal with Adam, um, that this was Lilith. And Lilith had great power and she was the divine emanation of womanhood and that she was the full embodiment and was destined to become this full embodiment and in full union with Adam. Um, and so what there's a beautiful sort of uh, story about it that uh, they were they were making love uh, and always in the, the sort of position with Adam on top and Lilith said you know we need to get a little more creative here and uh, uh, let let me come on top or let's do it side by side you know this is a great metaphor for uh, looking at things much more creatively, doing things differently. And Adam went into great fear because he always had a little bit of, he had great awe and wonder towards Lilith and towards this feminine, divine emanation. But within this, there's a beautiful play here because in the Hebrew words, awe and fear are the same words. And when you are spiritually immature, you have the fear of the, of the grand nature. When you are spiritually mature, you have the awe of, the, of that grander nature. So it, Adam slipped into the immature and had the fear and so would not allow the fullness of Lilith to creatively evolve. Um, so the, the, the feminine was not allowed to come into her full manifestation. Um, and so what we understand is, you know, we can see this then that is played out in, in outer terms in patriarchy, a lot of fear of, of the natural um, sacred womanhood and her natural power um, and her creative power. We can see it internally um, I think within our own selves, when we do not nurture 
And when we do not honor our own feminine nature and it's the feminine rhythm. You know, because as we've seen, so many uh, women are, are really, you know, very, very highly evolved in, in their masculine, very driven. Um, they are not in the slower, natural rhythm of the feminine. So I think more than anything at this time, we are confronted in our society with, with speed, we are so speedy, so driven, got to be so productive. And I think many, many women are starting to crumble and basically saying, I can't do it anymore. I need to rest. I need to come back inside my, my cosmic womb and, and to truly rest in this, in this nature where then there will be a natural birthing, not a driven birthing, not a, a, a focus so intense that it dishonors the more fluid nature of who we are as, the, as a feminine being. So, yes, this, this Adam and Eve myth, I think, um, you know, when we, when we can come into it with another understanding and into our own inner Adam and Eve, it really is, yes, where, where is your Adam, where is your masculine still fearing your feminine nature? And how is that uh, being, you know, really emasculated? So um, I think a beautiful returning for many of us and for men too uh, into their nat- natural feminine nature. As as a woman that spent much of her life with that drive and very much a masculine energy about her, I understand what you're talking about in reaching that point where you say, I can't do it anymore, I have to stop. Mm. And I found such value in that pulling away, in that place of rest, in that willingness to dive into the space of nothingness and the unknown where we drop our identities and we let go of the personality and we say, I'm willing to be nobody. There's no longer a need to be somebody. But that's so frightening for so many people, Megan. It's so frightening to let go of those personas that we've held. Yet in the book, you talk about the second coming and that it's a time for the feminine energy to return is that part of the process of this second coming that we, whether it is women in particular, but also many men that have to go into this space, this almost hibernation type of space where they discover the greater greatness of who they are rather than the limitation of the identity or personality that they have been living by? Oh, absolutely it is. I mean, it's the only way we as individuals and we as a collective humanity are going to evolve because, you know, it's all about um, being somebody, knowing something. Um, and, and as I speak in the book, you know, there's a beautiful um, uh, oral tradition with the Sophian lineage where they speak that Yeshua gave this heart advice to Magdalene, uh, saying, seek to become nobody and to know nothing. So, 
you know, and as I write in the book, oh my God, this is almost heretical for our society. <laughs> there could be nothing that we would find more terrifying than, than to be a nobody and to know nothing, you know. But I do feel there's great, great freedom in it because that's the only way you're going to be uh, free from, from the drive because the driven nature is always you've got to be out there, you've got to be seen, you've got to be heard, you've got to be in the race. Um, but what if you don't have to be? What if you can come in and really come into what we call that no so knowing nothing is also knowing no thing, knowing the great spaciousness of your being. Um, and I do speak to this where I really did enter into what, you know, what is that true nature? Um, and that is where your identity truly is, your true nature. And that true nature really holds no ground for uh, uh, accolades in the world because if we're going to depend upon being successful in the world to know who we are and to, to you know, have any sense of true self-worth and true self-confidence, we're just going to be victims of the vicissitudes of time because, you know, today we're going to be well-known, tomorrow nobody knows us. Today we have a book out, tomorrow we don't. Um, and so we will just go up and down, up and down, kind of with the, with the popularity scale. And that, that is, that's, you know, a recipe for suffering. Um, so to come into a deeper awareness is very freeing, very restful. And I think, as you say, most essential if we are to have, um, a true evolutionary um, movement forward in our world today. More needs to be said about this spirit of distraction, as it is so prevalent in our world at this time and can be very subtle. So our inner vigilance needs to be on alert. As with all spirits, there are many spaces. Often with our spiritual pathway is one of a circuitous nature. Sometimes it is spirit-led, and at other times we are merely chasing another wind of so-called opportunity. How do we know when we are following the Spirit or when we are chasing something other? We may experience all kinds of twists and turns in our journey but still not find ourselves with any deep connection. And we simply move from one place or a distraction to another, believing it is the Spirit guiding us. Life is a distraction. Work, spouse, whatever else is currently filling your life. And yet this life and all it holds is the very ground of our spiritual advancement. This is from the book, The New Divine Feminine, Spiritual Evolution for a Woman's Soul by Megan Dawn. You can find out more about her at GnosticGrace.com and about her other books as well, Meditations with Teresa of Avila, and also Reflections, uh, Sacred Companion, Sacred Community, Reflections with Claire of Assisi. The book that we're talking about today again is The New Divine Feminine. We'll be right back with Megan Dawn. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11. 
111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts and topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. When the fullness has come into the fullness of her being, we will then witness a true uniting of the child being birthed into humanity. This child will be the authentic human being, the one who knows neither division between male and female, nor division between human and divine. This is the fully human one that Magdalene speaks about in the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. This is the one who is available to all of us once we have loved and integrated our feminine and masculine energies and our human nature back into unification with our divinity. This is from the book, The New Divine Feminine, Spiritual Evolution for a Woman's Soul by Megan Dawn. You can find out more about her at GnosticGrace.com. Again, she will be in Connecticut this Thursday at Mercy by the Sea, in Massachusetts, December 9th through 11th at Genesis Spiritual Center, and also upcoming at the Sophia Institute in Charleston, South Carolina. Megan, let's step into a little bit about uh, the mother and, and what that part of us means, what that really signifies in relation to the daughter and as the next step or the next, uh, the place that we always want to return to in, in terms of the nurturance and the growth and the cultivation of then greater wisdom. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, we can understand the mother uh, as having one foot on the earth and one foot in the heavens. So she has this beautiful energy and capacity for deep, deep compassion for humanity. And also this, uh, you could almost say, a river of light uh, that is constantly flowing in and to and through this, this energy of mother into us and um, to our earth and through all realms. Um, so I think we were talking about that need for rest. Um, and again, what I find most important is to come into the, this loving arms of the mother. For many, it is a, a much-needed source of nourishment. It's also a huge, huge reminder that we are deeply loved. 
Um, because, of course, for many, uh, there have been difficult relationships with our earthly mothers. So, therefore, of course, that can often be projected onto the greater sense of, you know, the great divine mother. So, some people have difficulty accessing the divine mother because earthly mother relationships have been so difficult. Um, But when I uh, am able to be with people and they make that breakthrough, it is just absolutely beautiful because um, that is when their souls and their hearts, their bodies truly feel, deeply feel and deeply know that they are loved by this great mother of all. So, you know, mother is, is, is huge for us because we are, we are carried within that womb. We are born through that, you know, birth canal. Uh, we are held by those arms. Um, and so if it has not been nourishing and nurturing in our earthly life, which for many it has not, then it is imperative, imperative that we really come into the the lap of this mother and, and place ourselves there and again ask to know her love. Because you see, if we don't, we will not we will think that we are not cared for. We will think that we are not provided for. We will think that we have to do it that we have to get busy because if I don't do it, who will? We think, you know, we, we don't trust that there's something greater that we, is looking out for us and is really taking care. So, so this is where we fall back into getting very busy trying to create all our own nourishment um, and, and, and do all of our own providing. Now, of course, we do need to to do certain things, but it will come from a very different place. That is, we will arise from being nurtured in this great divine lap of the mother, and we will just naturally follow the pathway that that river of light is opening and moving through us and showing us the way to go. I love how you tied in the part about rest because so often if we are courageous enough to step back and give ourselves the space of rest and stopping, what we will often find is two sides of the coin. We will find ourselves being both the child and the mother. The 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 place that we will end up will be one where we are back in the womb and we face very much of the darkness that is the emotion or the rage or all of the places that have been buried within us that need to now be nurtured forward and caressed and cared for as we mother ourselves or understand that we can trust. And yet we, it also is the birthplace then for something new, a place of self-sovereignty and a new place of, of will, not our personal will, but now of a divine will and a trust that takes place. So this space of the mother that you talk about in the book, you cover so many of these topics, and you bring in that face of the mother of the dark. Speak a little bit about her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yes, I mean, she is she's phenomenal in the way that I, I think what I'll do is give an, an, a, 
explanation of my first connection with with the Dark Mother in the form of a Black Madonna um, in Italy, where I was taken by some friends to this chapel, um, and I immediately knew, even on the outside, that there was something very, very special and a very significant energy happening here. And the minute that I walked inside, I just fell to my knees. I mean, it was involuntary, just on my knees, and every part of my heart, soul, mind, being was open to this energy of this dark mother, which was going far and beyond as a simple statue up on an altar. This was a living presence. And I felt her energy come into me and draw forth from deep, deep within this old, old pain, such a deep pain. And I felt her draw it out, take it back into herself, into her sacred heart, and alchemically transform it. And then I witnessed as she gave me back the energy, and it was the energy of peace, pure peace. So she had taken that pain, transformed it, and now given it back to me with the words of, you know, I am your mother. I am here to help you and to help all of humanity, but you must come and you must ask. So this is certainly one aspect of the the dark mother that she will compassionately transform any of the pain that we have endured, encountered, still holding on to. And in this case, with this experience, I wasn't even aware of the specifics of it. I wasn't aware of when it was. I mean, it felt very, very ancient and old. Um, and sometimes I think, as, especially as women, well, and men too, we are carrying generations of, of pain, generations of separation, um, which I think ultimately is what provides causes the greatest pain that we're in. Um, and, and this mother has the ability to, to really transform it very easily and very quickly and to give us that energy. It's like a shape-shifting. Uh, to me, the mother is the greatest shape-shifter of all. Um, and so this is certainly one aspect. And whether it is... is sexual rage, uh, whether it is, you know, yes, the anger, the pain, the loneliness, whatever it may be, which we all seem to, you know, of course, come into at different times, at different aspects of our lives, we have this ability for deep transformation where we don't have to keep kind of, um, you know, rolling around in it and trying to get rid of it, which we tend to do, or, or distract ourselves from it. So it, I find it's a very gentle process. Sometimes, you know, you feel very deeply, but it's, it's you know, it's a few minutes. <laughs> it's not that long, and, and there's great release, and from that, new life is born. Justice is a means of seeking a redress of balance. It is the action of right wisdom or the true meaning of what is formerly known as righteousness. Justice also takes on the role of guardianship, wisely watching over, skillfully speaking out, and acting according to inner knowing. 
The neutrality can lead us to our inner vision where a direct experience of the living presence can reveal, communicate the situation at hand. Of course, there are varying degrees of lucidity in these communications, but by visiting our mother ground of being daily, it becomes easier to access and experience a clear vision. Sometimes we are a little hazy, and other times there is compassionate clarity. The latter is from where our skillful speaking arises. This is from the section of the Mother of the Dark in the New Divine Feminine. We are running out of time, and there's so much to talk about in this book. So briefly, I want to get into the crone. And the crone takes us into a territory that is completely other than this world in its ways, Megan Dawn says. She lives with a vision of greater cosmos and how this world can and must serve the divine plan. Megan, uh, very briefly, talk to us a little bit about the crone and, and how we access that part and where, where she shows up in our lives. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it, on the outer form, the crone is very visible right now because she's all about dissolution and death. So, you know, we can see this in our outer, outer world where all forms are dissolving. You know, political, uh, religious, even spiritual, educational, business, all these paradigms, they're all slowly dissolving and, and making way. They're all going through a death, making way for a greater vision to come forward. This is crone, totally crone territory in our own personal lives. It is when, you know, as, as I say, the crone has no tolerance, no patience for anything that is not going to liberate us. So, you know, whether it's going to be, uh, you know, illness or divorce or loss of a job or whatever it may be that is a really solid block and obstacle for us and may have been for some time, the crone is the one that will come in and, and literally take the rug out from under you and say, enough, enough now. Um, it is time for your liberation. And, and anything that is going to stand in the way, I am going to breathe on that and dissolve it and leave you standing naked and allow you to really reach so deeply into your being and, and, and oftentimes crying out from the depth of your being to truly know what is it for you, what is your soul, and what is the divine plan. So, so Crone has many aspects, but mostly that, that dissolution, death, uh, the mystical death, and, and ultimately pure liberation. Beautiful. And then she finally has within the book the version of the clear light. It is a pure radiant awareness of our nature. It is the spacious ground of our being that has always been, is now, and always shall be in perfected state. This virgin is also known as our awakened being or pure mind. She knows the eternal well of the living waters and needs no other to show her the way, for she is the very well and the very waters. She is the way. I invite you to get your copy of The New Divine Feminine, Spiritual Evolution for a Woman's Soul, and allow yourself to thread together and traverse your very waters of daughter, mother, crone, and virgin, so that you discover the power and the presence that is your integration and embodiment of prayer, chanting, dance, love, light, and meditation. 
My guest today is Megan Dawn, and you can reach her at GnosticGrace.com. Definitely find out more about her books, more about her work, and see her in any of the upcoming workshops that she has going on. I am Simran, in love, of love, with love and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.